Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. There are two witnesses. Well, there are many different uh, common commentators that have different ideas. Now, the two witnesses are uh, the Holy Spirit and the other one being the Word of God. Well, the witness in itself has to be spoken, the word of faith that is neither even in thy mouth. The word won't preach itself. Neither will the Old and New Testament. Some say it's Old Testament is the first witness. New Testament is the second witness. Well, the word must have a, an oracle there to be preached. Someone has to obey, and it's through the preaching of the word of God the foolishness of preaching to save them that are lost. It's no different than the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, the thing is, it's who are the two witnesses? And are there seven different raptures? Or is there just one rapture? Rapaz, the harpazo, the rapture. Not up to meet the Lord Jesus in the air. Now, we know there will be a rapture. We know that there will be a harpazo, or getting together to unto the Lord Jesus Christ in the air, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1, and are gathered together to him and the coming of the Lord. And Paul, through that first letter, to the church at Thessalonica shook them up. They thought the imminent return of Jesus was just at any second. So it behooved Paul to write a second letter to expound the things that were essential that must happen first before the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second advent, when he comes a second time without sin and salvation or the salvation of his saints. And he said, don't be troubled, not by an angel nor by a letter from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. That's the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord. At the last trump, not the seventh trumpet, the last trump, the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet of the book of the Revelation, these three trumpets are not rapture trumpets. They're woe trumpets. Woe, woe, woe be unto the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the three angels yet to sound. These are woe trumpets. But the trump of the Lord is with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And when it sounds, the dead in Christ will arise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now there is a rapture. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. But before that, he said that there would be a strong delusion given by the Lord God himself. And he stated that, that all that would not have pleasure in righteousness, but have pleasure in unrighteousness, that God would send strong delusion that they all might be damned who receive not the what? The word of righteousness the progressive revelation of Jesus in and through the body of Christ, who had pleasure in unrighteousness. The word of righteousness is revealing Jesus in and through the body of Christ. Unrighteousness is that you do not believe that, that you simply believe that, well, you said the sinner's prayer and you're saved. 
There's no progressive glory to glory, faith to faith. It's just salvation. You said a sinner's prayer and you're saved. They're not skillful in the word of righteousness, as you see in Hebrews 5. And Paul said, when you ought to be teachers, you have need again to be first taught the principles of Christ. You are in need of milk and not of strong meat. He says, for these you are still babies. And these babes are unskillful. Notice what he says. In the word of righteousness. Now that's a small W, small case. Not the word of God. The word of God stands alone and will never, not one jot or tittle of it fail. It will stand when the heavens and earth are melting with fervent heat. But then... What is this word of righteousness? Small case, W-O-R-D. Well, it's a progressive truth in the preceding word of God, Jesus being revealed in and through his body, the church, unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's righteousness. And that yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, but it's all predicated upon the body of Christ in obedience. You'll see that in Romans 6. Now, many will quote to you Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, that's true if you understand what that means. To believe in the heart, belief there is pisteo. It's a Greek word that is stative, not transitive. It's a state of being. And that is through not any of our works of righteousness, which we have done, but the righteousness of God by faith. But that has to be obtained. It's not instant. You see that in Proverbs Proverbs 4.18. The path of the just is as a shining light. Now, the light is the life that is in Jesus Christ alone, that all life would be manifest in him, the Son of God. And it pleased the Father there. That's Jesus' spirit, that he would put all life in his office as the Son of God, which is the Father revealed. Now, those that have that revelation that Jesus is the Father now have grown from newborn babes to little children. They've grown further than most have done in the Protestant Christian world there, and even in the Pentecostal faith. Most believe you just say the sinner's prayer, ask Jesus to come into your heart, and you're safe. Not realizing there is a progressive growth from glory to glory, from faith to faith, to until we come to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. That's in the image of Jesus Christ. And we are given that in Ephesians 4.11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come into unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God there is not gnosko, just knowing him after the spirit, not after the flesh, but it's epigonosko, being in a full grown, mature, perfect image of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Somebody said that's, that's impossible. 
Well, Jesus gave a commandment to be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And the fivefold ministry is given to us for perfecting of the saints. A saint, we're all called for to be saints, is one that is fully sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. How do you sanctify yourself? Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Though we have the witnesses of the truth. And it specifically states who they are. In Revelation 11, it states, and God says that he's going to measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. That temple of God is not a brick and mortar iron. It is naos. What know we not that we, the body of Christ, we are the temple of God. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. And he says it's going to be measured. It's going to measure, be measured the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. And we don't want to come up short. Paul states that in Hebrews 4. Because that present flowing truth of the word of God in the preceding word is required of us in the body of Christ to enter into that through obedience. And that is Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him, the servants to whom you obey whether of sin and of death, even though you have the Holy Ghost, but you don't obey. Or of obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, the divine nature of God, without which no man shall see the Lord. Well, we are told that first there's a measuring of the temple of God. Why? Because only those that are perfected will be used for the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4 tells us that. So we have that measuring done. We see it in Zechariah 3. Zechariah 2, 3, and 4 of these two olive trees, the two olive branches. It's two sons of oil. They emptied out of themselves the golden oil, not a half egg of beaten olive oil, which was what was used in Pentecost. In the former reign, it will not be the same. It'll be a radical change. What's the difference? The former reign in the sanctuary, when we find that the book of Acts is when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now that follows that first season of God. The first season of God are the Moed, the feast of the Lord, divine appointments of God with man. And it's given to us to know these seasons. And it's given to us there that in that first season of Passover, there are three feasts. The Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Feast of First Fruits. Everyone knows that. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us, and then he was buried and rose again, first begotten from the dead, preeminence in all things. Well, that was revealed to us in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then... After the resurrection of Jesus, there's a second season. And that is the Feast of Weeks. You shall number after first fruits, seven Sabbaths, seven sevens. And on the morrow, the next day, is Pentecost, 50 days. And Jesus said at that point that there would be 
in Leviticus 23, wave sheaves with leaven that you'd wave before the Lord. And so we see in Acts, the second chapter, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Well, how long had they been in that upper room? Well, Jesus was seen alive after his passion by many as 500 at one time for 40 days after his passion. Well, 40 days from the first fruits would be 10 days more in the upper room, 10 the responsibility of man. He has 10 fingers, 10 toes. 10 fingers, the work of God, 10 toes for the walk of God. Walking in the light as he's in the light. And at that time, we come to the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. And that is the promise of the Holy Ghost. You shall be witnesses to me, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the world. It happened in Acts, the second chapter. They were in one mind and one accord. The body of Christ must be in one mind and one accord again in the unity of the faith for anything to happen or the new mind will fail in us. And if it does, then that the new wine will dry up and the oil will languish because no one obeyed. Now the Lord is speaking. He's pouring out this truth and the Holy Ghost upon his body of the new thing that he's doing and that is not Pentecost. It is tabernacles and the third season of God. He's doing it now for those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And that is the final growth of the church from the little children knowing that Jesus is the Father of glory. 1 John 2, 12, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. But then I write to you little children. Those are the ones where we have been in the Pentecostal move for so long. Or for two days or 2,000 years. But now he said, I write to you young men. That is certainly a growth rate to young men. Because the word of God is strong in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. Now, that's given to us in Revelation 2nd and the 3rd chapter, the overcomers. What is essential to be an overcomer? And it has to do with the works that accompany salvation. Somebody said, we don't do any works. Well, you, you better have uh, works that accompany salvation because faith without works is dead, being alone. James states it. Can faith alone save you? The answer is no. Though Jesus in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, the first thing Jesus says is, I know thy works. And then he tells them whether they are pleasing to him or what is lacking. The only church he goes without reproof or rebuke or correction is the Philadelphia church, the church of brotherly love. But the rest are told what they must do to be an overcomer and the promise of an overcomer from God to them that do overcome and will reign and rule with him a thousand years in the millennial. Well, that's where we are now. And the word of God must be received and obeyed, not just with a mental knowledge of it. But that's what the whole in the Hebrew ABC theory is called. 
in Revelation 11. And it, it starts out with a bent form and then a standing form. The man that humiliates himself and humbles himself will then stand before the Lord in his power and in the Lord's might, not his. That requires obedience. And whenever this temple of God, the body of Christ, is measured, then the ones that have come for the use and the work of the ministry will be given power. That's where we are now. And he says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Why clothed in sackcloth? Because if anyone does not afflict their souls and humbling themselves, a broken and contrite spirit will be cut off. So they're clothed in sackcloth. The body of Christ then is still in a broken, humiliated state. A broken and contrite spirit. And he tells us who they are. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks. Where are they? Standing before the God of the earth. Now we see the mother of James and John says to Jesus, Lord, grant that my two sons sit on thy right hand and left hand when thou come into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, it's not given for me to the, to give unto James or John that only my father. That is James and John, or she's asking for those two witnesses, that place in being. Notice in John 8, we're given great insight there to these two witnesses. They're two olive trees. They're two candlesticks. That's the church. But why two? Because two is the number of witness. But it's also the number of division. When you find in Chronicles that so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so, and you go all the way down to Peleg, and it says, in his day, the land was divided. Peleg. That's a pay, the mouth, and lamed, and a gobble. Those three Hebrew letters, Peleg, that called the mouth, lamed, to teach or to instruct, and gobble, to pass over to the other side, there to complete. And in his day, the land was divided. Well, this will divide the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. And that's where we are now. The land's going more evil. We know that evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. Well, we know that's biblical prophecy that it certainly will come to pass that then the last days men will be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, heady, high-minded, truth-breakers, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. We know that. And we see that this is happening now. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Certainly the day we're living in. But more than that, it's the word of God that's going to sanctify us where we're sealed by obedience to that word. Not just a hear of the word, but a do of the word. 
loving not in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. The two olive trees are not, and they do not, use a half egg of beaten olive oil as it was in the sanctuary. Now, the sanctuary is going to speak of that a month of Abib in the Passover, 14th day of the first month. And then 50 days after that, first fruits will be Pentecost. Now, those four, first four feasts will happen within a short period of time. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and 50 days later, Pentecost. That happened, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts. But now, a long time passes from that former reign till we come into the third season. Now, it's not as it was in Moses' tabernacle where they used a candlestick had and half egg of beaten olive oil that filled the 22 knots of bowls that served the seven lamps. It was going up, line upon line, precept upon precept. But here is a total difference, a radical change. Why? Because the olive branches in Zechariah 4, these we see are the ones in Zechariah 3, after the temple or the body or the temple is measured in in Zechariah 2, Zechariah 2 were measured, just like it is in Revelation 11. Then Zechariah 3, we have Joshua, the ones called by the name of Yeshua, the body of Christ, appearing before God. But Satan comes there also to resist him. We see that in Zechariah 3. It is analogous to Revelation 11. Right after we're measured, then God gives power unto his two witnesses. Well, who are these two witnesses? Well, we're going to see that Joshua, Yeshua, the one's called by the name of Jesus, in Zechariah 3, there, the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuked you, Satan. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? What? A firebrand for the sealing to be branded for the Lord Jesus Christ through the fire. And this is a brand plucked out of a fire. And it says that there will be a change of raiment, deeper glory, more power given to God's two witnesses. Revelation 11. So Zechariah 4, we see what happens, which are the ones called by the name of Joshua and son of Josedek. Josedek, the son, what, of righteousness. Joshua, the name called of Jesus, the ones called by his name, of which the whole family in heaven and earth is named. God's doing it now to those that have an ear to hear. When that happens, in Zechariah 4, we see that, Zechariah, what do you see? He said, I see these two olive branches, one on the right side, one on the left side, but they are not using a beaten olive oil, a half egg of beaten olive oil, to feed the 22 knots of bowls, to feed the seven lamps, but they have 
empty out of themselves golden oil, and notice it's coming down from the throne room. They empty out of themselves the golden oil. These are sons of oil. One's on the right side of God, the other on the left. And there's a great bowl that is under the two olive branches, the two olive trees, that we see the same in Revelation 11. And what are they doing? They're emptying out of themselves golden oil into the bowl that has seven pipes that feed the seven lamps to the candlestick. So therefore, it lets us know that the, and it's very critical that we understand this, that the two olive trees, those two witnesses that have obedience unto God, unto righteousness, will be used for the work of the ministry, are the same as the two candlesticks, the two olive trees and two candlesticks. They're one and the same because it makes one body, but they're emptying out of themselves the golden oil. But it's only one body there. Even though the cherubim are the two olive branches, which are the cherubim. You see that in 1 Kings 6.23. They are made of an olive tree, the cherubim of glory, which will be 10 cubits high, standing on one side and on the other side of the Lord on the Ark of the Covenant, the testimony of Jesus. And that they will have a five cubit wingspan on each wing, curving from one of the walls of salvation being 20 cubits wide, one wing being five cubits, the other five cubits, and then the other cherubim touching that cherub five cubits, and then five cubits touching the wall. So this will be the walls of salvation touch there and shadow the mercy seat. These are 10 cubits high, olive trees, carved out cherubim of glory, and they are overlaid with gold, which is the glory of God. And that's what God is doing now, which is one with the church, the candlesticks. We see in Revelation, one, that the candlesticks, seven candlesticks, are the seven churches. That doesn't change. The two candlesticks are the witness of the church. The two olive trees are the same as the church because the two olive trees and two candlesticks are the ones given power to continue 42 months, time, times and a half, three and a half years, 1,203 score days. They're fulfilling the week of Jesus, uh, because Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. Isaiah says, and who shall declare his generation? That generation that shall be counted for the seed, which is that last three and a half year work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry. That's the reason why in Matthew 1 in the genealogy of Jesus, that the 41st generation is Jesus. The 42nd generation is the body of Christ, who is called Christ. And that's the body that's counted for the seed, the generation of Christ, that this generation shall not pass away till all things be fulfilled. That's what God is doing now. So these are not just two men, 
because it's the Son of Man revelation. We see that in John 8. Jesus gives us great insight there. So instead of flowing up line upon line, line upon precept, upon precept, 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 upon precept, these two sons of all, the two olive branches, two olive trees, the cherubim of glory, will empty out themselves golden oil into the great bowl with seven pipes going to the church, being one complete body of Christ unto perfection. Now, when you have that revelation, you'll see the greatest work that God is going to do is in this last great reign of his strength, all in him, by him, and through him, and nothing of ourselves because it's his power that he gives that power, his power, and to his two witnesses, the two olive trees, these two olive branches, the two sons of all, they're the two witnesses. That's the fulfilling the testimony of Jesus. Now in John 8, John 8, 13. I said, well, that's too deep for me. No, it's not. It's very simple. That the apostles and prophets are leading the body of Christ into this last great reign of his strength and all the pastors, evangelists, and teachers will enter into it. And those that workers of miracles, governments, helps will follow. We'll all be one, fitly framed together and compacted by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. No man can say that he has and can glory in it. It's in the Lord and him alone. He's doing it now. But if we don't obey, and this new wine languishes and dries up, and the oil of truth, this golden oil, not half-egg beaten olive oil, as we see in Moses' tabernacle, that Moses' tabernacle was dedicated in Passover. And then we see Pentecost coming. Very, as at the early stages of the embryonic church. Then it will begin to grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man, the Son of Man, Jesus the head, and we the body of the Christ. But then there we come to the last great reign of his strength, which is revealed in Solomon's temple. And that is dedicated, even though it's, it's finished in the month bull, it's not dedicated until the seventh month of Tishri, Ethneim, and the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Engraving and Gathering, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of the All Feasts, and that's the Feast of uh, Tabernacles. So they're not Pentecostals, they're Tabernacleists. And those that have an ear to hear now, and understand what Jesus was saying with the two witnesses that he referred to himself in John 8, 13 through 27. And it will reveal the true saying of Jesus that except you believe that I am the Father, you shall die in your sins. In the revelation of Jesus Christ, we'll see that he is the Father of glory, the Almighty God, or we will die. It's the unveiling of Jesus and all truth that he alone is God and there's not another. He says, I know not any, there is no other God in heaven, none beside me. See now that I am God alone. Deuteronomy 32. This is sealed up in God's treasures to be revealed in these last days and he's going to do it through someone that will believe God. But if we don't believe God, God said, 
It's going to turn the hearts of the fathers, children, children of the fathers in this restoration ministry of Elijah and Moses. Or I will come, God said, and smite the earth with a curse because you let the new wine spoil and the oil of uh, not Pentecostal oil, but throne room oil, the, the golden oil, languish upon the, the truth and let it be spoiled because we didn't obey it. And that will be a curse upon the people that do not. And the church must listen and understand that God means business. In judgment, we either obey or we're going to suffer the consequences. God's calling us to a fart now to those that have an ear to hear. That is the tabernacle of Solomon, temple, Solomon's temple, has three levels. And in those three levels, we find that in the holiest of all, we find 1 Kings 6.23, these colossal cherubim, not the cherubim in the mercy seat, but the colossal cherubim, which are olive trees, not of the shatim wood, of the Ark of the Covenant, the testimony, but we find that these are two olive trees, 10 cubits high, five cubit wingspan on the two olive trees, one on the right and one on the left, the two witnesses, which is the church of the living God, that have gone on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. You'll see that in 1 Kings 6.23. You'll see it again in Zechariah 2, 3, and 4. You'll see him uncovering the seat of work in Zephaniah 2. God's doing that now in Revelation 11 for the work of the ministry. Now, we have to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, not to hear the word, but a doer and act on it and preach this and proclamate it to all the world for witness unto all nations. God's doing that now, preparing it, sealing his people by his word. Seal them that after you have received the word of God, you have to receive it. Then you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. Solomon's temple in this last great reign of his strength is not in that first month of Eid. It is in Tishri, the seventh month. And you see that in Haggai, the 21st day of the seventh month. And he'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. When he shakes all nations, then the desire of all nations will come. All the silver and gold is his. And he says, I'll make the glory of the latter house greater than the former. The latter rain greater than the former rain. The last day church full grown rather than the embryonic church of uh, Acts the second chapter. Now the promise is unto us. But we have to be, receive it, believe it, and act on it in obedience in order to obtain it. So we run in a race. And all do, but only one winneth the prize. Therefore we should run that we may obtain pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to be the witnesses. As we see in John 8, 13, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. They don't believe in the revelation of Jesus, the last book of the word of God, that he's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. 
the Almighty, Revelation 1.8. They don't believe it. They say, Jesus, you bear record yourself. Your record is not true. Read it, John 8.13. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. The record, there's only one spirit in heaven, though there are various offices and functions of that one spirit. Just like I am a husband. Dennis Beard is a husband. I have a wife. Matter of fact, on July the 14th, just uh, tomorrow, matter of fact, we'll be married 53 years. Praise the Lord Jesus. Well, I'm a husband, but I'm also a father. I have two children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Well, there I am a father. I'm also a husband and I'm also a preacher. Now, this gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm the same person. There's different offices, different functions. I function as a husband to my wife. I function as a father to my children. And I function as a preacher to my uh, calling of God. But I'm one person. God's one person. The Father's administrative office of the Spirit. The Word is the administration office of the Spirit that is now revealing His thought, plan, purpose, and will in His expression. Word. But it's the same administrator. The Father and the Word are one and the same Spirit. The Word is how He expresses Himself. And then you have the Holy Ghost. That's the power office. And you shall receive power that the Holy Ghost come upon you. Same Spirit of God, but a different function. Well, that's the revelation of Jesus, that he is the Almighty God. Revelation 1.8, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. But the Pharisees do not believe that. They believe he's the Son of God, but not divine. He might be a prophet, but no. He bears record of yourself, Jesus, your record's not true. You're not the Father of glory. They're stating that he's not divine. You bear record of yourself, your record's not true. You're just a man. That's what they're saying. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true, because I'm not alone. I am my Father that sent me. Then he goes on, and this gives us great insight. It's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. Really? There's your testimony. The testimony of Jesus, Revelation 19.10. That is the spirit of prophecy. That's the body of Christ. Jesus ahead and we the body. Fully grown to the point that John sees the body of Christ really in an expression, perfect image of Jesus Christ. That's the body of Christ. In full glory. In the full image of Jesus. John's about to worship him. Revelation 19.10. He says, see, thou doest it not. Though there are many individual members in the body of Christ, yet there's only but one body, one body, one spirit in whom you're calling, one hope of your calling, and that is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all and in us all. And John sees that perfect body of Christ in Revelation 19.10. To the point he's going to bow down and worship him. He says, see, thou doest it not. John is getting the revelation that there's only one body. Even though Jesus is the head, all the members in particular make up but one body that fills heaven and earth. John's about to worship him. And he says, see, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants 
and of thy brethren. I'm one of you that have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus, he goes on and tells us, worship God, not me, worship God. Even though we're in the image of God, we're not God. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus, that's what we have, is the spirit of prophecy, and that's a small s. We're one with the Lord in obedience to the body of, and to the uh, move of the Holy Ghost. The body coming together, fitly framed together and compacted for one body, but revealing the spirit of God through that body of Christ. So I said, worship God for the testimony of Jesus, giving us that revelation is the spirit of prophecy. What is that testimony of Jesus? What is that spirit of prophecy? It's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We see that in Revelation 12. Now only a remnant of the church is going to go in this. And I'm talking to the true body of Christ, the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God, that love God, and have the testimony of Jesus. They've gone on deeper in the word of God, gone higher in glory. They have the testimony of Jesus. Well, that's the remnant of her seed. We also see who is that? Those are the redeemed of the Lord in Revelation 14, 12. These are the redeemed of the Lord. What? For they keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus has to have the faith of God. What is that? The testimony of Jesus. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Though the love for God is keeping its commandments. The testimony of Jesus is the faith of Jesus unto perfection. That's given to us now to those that have an ear to hear. That's why it is incumbent upon us, the body of Christ, to obey this proceeding word of God in the present truth. Jesus states that in John 8, 13 through 27, it's going to reveal that he is the father. And he says, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. There's your two. I am one that beareth witness of myself. There's one witness, the body of Christ. Jesus in the days of his flesh, that is the body of Christ. But he said, it's expedient that I go away. If I go not away, the Holy Ghost, the comforter will not come. Now we will have many members in the body of Christ, members in particular yet, but one body. And that body is one witness. I'm one that bear witness of myself. That's the body. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. That's the other man. There are two men there. Jesus in the body and Jesus the spirit. There are your two witnesses. They go on and say, where's your father? They just don't get it. They think the son of God, just the son of God, a second person, that he's not the father. That's where they miss it. Though the Pharisees of today say, where is your father? Jesus said, if you don't know me, you should have known my father also. The little children know that he's the father, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. The church world today doesn't know that. Most of them don't. Some do. Hopefully you're one that does. Because you that do, he's expecting you to go on to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. In this last day, work of the ministry. That's what you're called for. That's what you need to call. God told us to seal his people there in a visitation on the 19th of January, 2019. 
and we've been obedient to that call in Transamerica, Kenya, Africa. That's been over three years ago. See, my people, by my word, God said, even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We've obeyed that. I'm bringing it to you. God's called us to do it. And as we come together, we'll do it. And there, I'd implore you to call me. Let's get one, one body and that one spirit, one Lord, one faith. Let's do it together as we're called for this preaching of this gospel to all the world, for witness in all nations. We have over a thousand ministers right now in Africa begging us to come. Same way, almost that many in India that have come out of Trinity denominational, uh, Protestant uh, denominational faction into the true Jesus. They're saying that revelation of Jesus, that he is the only God. He is the father of glory. There's not another. But we have to come on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. So they said, where is your father? Jesus said, you know me, you should have known my father. You're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasure. No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Then Jesus said, where do I go? You cannot come. What is that? That's John 16. I came from God, I go back to him. I proceeded from the Father, I go back to him. The same spirit, the same glory of the Father, Jesus manifest in the earth as the Son of God, the Father revealed. I'm going back to it. I emptied out to become a man. I'm glorified back to where I was before, the Father of glory. Well, that's John 16. He said, I won't speak anymore in Proverbs. I'll show you plainly in that day of the Father. When I'm glorified, I'll show you the Father. The ones that know that, know that Jesus is the Father revealed. And Jesus states that. They said, well, where are you going? Will you kill yourself because you say whether you go, we cannot come. Jesus said, uh, John 8, 24, in the revelation of Jesus of who he is in the very essence, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory. That was what was asked of the Pharisees. Where is your father? Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, John 8, 24, you shall die in your sins. This they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. John 8, 27. They still don't understand it today. The work of the ministry will reveal that Jesus is the Father of glory, the Lord God Almighty, and there's not another. He is one, not three. And that's the whole basics for the work of the ministry. That's the foundational truth of Christ, who is one. There, if the Holy Ghost says, bore witness with your spirit, Contact me so we can work together. Contact me, Dennis Beard Ministries. My country code is plus one. 903 is the area code. 746-4885. Many of you are calling. I'm getting back to you. Leave a message and I'll get right back to you. Don't procrastinate. God's calling us to this work now. You may want to get behind it with your prayer and financial support. God will bless you. But if you're called for it, you're called for the work of the ministry, which all the body of Christ is, then we need to come together as one and fulfill this call and carry it to the nations. I'm talking to you, the body of Christ. Again, country code plus one. Area code 903-746-4885. Also, download our podcast, Sealing God's People, our daily podcast. You can also... Email me at sealinggodspeople 
at dennisbeard.org and I'll answer your email. You can also message me over dennisbeard.org, sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com. You can also register with us at jcic.tv where you can get a username, password, and give your comments and ask questions there with the believers in the body of Christ. Well, we want to pray that God perfect all that that's lacking in all of us, that we all may be presented by himself, coming to the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. And that's until the next time. This is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.